0: I think a lot of people believe that we live in an age of wonder. I have a friend who loves that any time of the year, 12 months out of the year, he can go to the store and get a tomato at peak ripeness, flown in from wherever the best place is that makes them. If you go to Lululemon, they have this amazing fashion, and the materials have this, everything they make has, it looks amazing, or it has this amazing touch, and you know, it's all plastic, it's all made out of uh, petroleum byproducts. We can fly all over the world whenever we want. I think that people would imagine that anyone at any other time in history would say, this is an age of wonder. Anyone would envy living at this time. I believe that future generations will look back at the way that we live and look at it with horror. Not with envy, but with horror. In the future, I expect that they will be living in, with polluted air, polluted water, polluted land. I mean... We already are, obviously, and they would be more so. And know that we were doing these things, indulging ourselves to enjoy what we could, neglecting to think of what future generations would have to deal with. For that matter, neglecting what people in our world today have to deal with. When we fly around, we definitely get the benefit for ourselves. When we buy, when everything's made out of petroleum byproducts, we definitely get the benefit for ourselves. And we neglect. To take into account how what we do affects others, I think that they will look at us the way that we look at slaveholders, the way that we look at people who, as Hitler came to power, looked the other way and let things happen, that they just could have done something and they didn't. There's a reason why Schindler's List is about a guy who took risks and saved people, did what he could to help others, and we don't have a movie about someone who lived at the same time and just said, well, there's nothing really I can do. I just got to keep doing it, and hopefully someone else will do something. Oh, the children, maybe they'll fix it, or something like that. We look up to people like that. I think that the sooner that we get that into our thick skulls, that future generations will look at what we do with horror, that it'll help us to stop living a life full of craving. When someone says bucket list, when someone tells me about all the places in the world that they want to live— What I hear is craving, wanting more, always wanting more. Does that sound like a recipe for a good life? Wanting, always concentrating on what you don't have. Is that really what we want for ourselves? Or excuses. I was in line the other day to get some food at a salad bar. When we got to the front, it turned out that the containers to put the salad in were compostable. So I said to the guy, I'm going to go back to my bag, which was in another room. And I'm going to get the container that I have because I brought food with me on the way there. And I'm going to use that for my container. And he goes, but Josh, look, these are compostable. What's wrong with using something compostable? And he's still living, he's living making excuses. He's still looking for ways to say, I want to keep living the way that I am. Isn't it okay that I just keep doing what I'm doing? And he's not getting the joy of not polluting, the joy of figuring out how to do things without affecting people so much, not just affecting, polluting other people's worlds. Maybe it's compostable still, if we make everything compostable, it's a little less pollution. The world can deal with composting stuff. Of course, I compost all my food scraps. But see, this is the things you have to make. This doesn't require explanation. Once you get it, that not creating waste that way is a better life. It's more joyful. So the thing is like, if everyone, the amount of stuff we go through, if it's all compostable, the world can't deal with that much compost. But also these things It's compostable in uh, generally municipal, compostable places where you have to get really high heat and all these sorts of things. But people, if you're just looking for excuses, you can always excuse everything. He wouldn't have said to me, but why not? It's compostable if he didn't know that there's still some issue there. I won't mention it. Well, I will mention that the silverware there was plasticware and the cups were plastic. So I wasn't using those things because I brought my own. And this isn't bragging, nor is it a burden or a chore. It's just you think about maybe I'll need these things and you bring them with you. Sticking a fork in a container in your bag is not a real big deal. Actually, I take it back because there is an, there's an elegance and a simplicity that I can't describe that in using the minimal stuff, there's a, a joy, an elegance, a simplicity, an aesthetic pleasure that comes from simplifying things like that. Instead, we are living a life full of craving, full of making excuses acting like spoiled little brats, like we're entitled to all the stuff. Why can't I? But I want to. It reminds me of a book by, the author's name is William, I hope I say it right, Derizowitz. I think it's one of the best titles for any book I've ever come across. It's called Excellent Sheep. Sheep like bah, S-H-E-P. It's about education. He's saying that we're not teaching social and emotional skills. We're teaching facts and figures and analysis, people to be sheep, not to think for themselves. But they're excellent sheep. There's another turn of phrase in there, is that he says that what we are making our children is spoiled little shits, and the thing is that we've done it long enough. We've been making excellent sheep and spoiled little shits long enough that we ourselves are spoiled little shits and we don't know it. How many people do you know? I'm sure you've known a spoiled person in your life or two. How many spoiled people have you met and thought, "Wow, that person's so spoiled, so entitled." I really like that person for being so spoiled and entitled. Probably not many, I would guess. And how many of these people do you think really knew that they were as spoiled as you thought they were? Which leads me to ask, how spoiled are we? Maybe I am. I don't know. Let me know if you think I am. How many people who are really spoiled know that they're spoiled? Is it possible that we are really spoiled? It would seem that we may very likely be spoiled little shits ourselves, unable to live without... Eating pizza in Napoli or seeing Machu Picchu before we die because we can. Meanwhile, putting local farms out of business while we eat food that's been flown in from far away when not even learning what the local radishes and turnips say in the winter or the amazing vegetables. I mean, living in New York City is not like the worst place in the world. It's not the best place in the world for food, but man, this stuff tastes great when you get it from the farms and it's fresh, ripe, and in season. And when you get to know the farmers, And it's cheap when you buy this stuff in season, especially when you get it from local places. It's more accessible for people who live in food deserts who don't have a lot of time to cook. And I'm saying this because I was not this for a long time and I love it and I'm years into it and I'm getting more into it the more that I get into local stuff, not because I'm following some trend, but because I don't want to pollute because I'm taking into account all these others. Well, and that it's delicious, cheap, more convenient and more friendly. And if I say that future generations will look at us, our culture, our society today, the way that we look back at slave owners, then it also stands that I believe that future generations will look back at the people who made the changes first, the way we look back at Frederick Douglass, the way that we look back at people at Schindler, the people who maybe at the time felt like they were taking risks, except Schindler was risking his life. And we're just risking not having tomatoes out of season and instead finding out what is in season and instead of getting the latest Lululemon stuff, which is like incredibly expensive, well, for me, I go to the thrift shop. There's no Lululemon stuff at the thrift shops. I still get a lot of a fair amount of petroleum byproduct stuff there, although I'm trying to minimize that as well. And that's the thing. Instead of making excuses, trying to figure out what the next thing is that one can do to start doing that thing. And it's amazing the change to your life, the joy to your life, and the community. It always connects you more with people when you act on your environmental values. It always happens, it builds community. People think I've, I'm, someone was telling me, Josh, stop saying so much about yourself. You're so far ahead of what people can do that they think that they can do for themselves that they're blown out of the water. I don't think he realizes that I'm, the joy that I'm sharing. It may sound like I'm talking about avoiding petroleum byproduct made clothing when I'm at the thrift shop, but what I'm really talking about is caring about others, thinking about how this is affecting others. I feel like it's like when someone takes care of their child. If they're changing a diaper, they might be poo that they're dealing with. I believe in their hearts, they're in some way preparing that child for walking up on stage to get their diploma, for walking down the aisle one day, for giving that piano recital. It involves a little poo. But this creature, this, this child is totally dependent on them and is helpless and can't do anything without them. And the benefits are sometimes years, maybe decades away. You might not actually see them yourself. They might be very different than you expected. And when I'm not flying, to me, I'm thinking of the people who are affected by my decisions that, yeah, it might be legal. Yeah, maybe I can afford it. Yeah, maybe I might enjoy seeing the Eiffel Tower or whatever the thing is at the other end of the flight. But there's other people that I consider and like Schindler, like, I, I am I crazy to think that I'm, I'm following in his footsteps? Why do we make the movies? Why do we celebrate these people, Frederick Douglass, if not to emulate them when the chips are down, to say no in the style of Rosa Parks. I don't think that I'm glorifying myself to say that I want to live in their footsteps. I want to live, I'm inspired by them. And I think that this is the time to be inspired by them is that we can do these things. Did I sound in kind of negative at the beginning that future generations will look back at our style of living with horror? They could look back at some of us, maybe, I hope everyone listening to this and say, that was our Frederick Douglass. That was our Rosa Parks, the person who said, no, I could do it, but I won't. I could have more kids, but I won't. I could have more stuff, but I won't. I could consume more, but I won't. So I bring you the future generation's view as they have every beach covered with plastic, as all the skies look vaguely like currently New Delhi and Beijing look like, that they look back at the people who could have not created it that way. Well, let's hope instead that the the people with clear skies and clear beaches, and they look back and say, oh, it was really horrible before, And a few people stepped up and then a lot of people stepped up. And maybe we can be, you and I can be like the ones, maybe they'll look back at us like Schindler and Rosa Parks and Frederick Douglass.